Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to this special end of year episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone's had a great year, and uh, it's certainly been a great year for the podcast. So uh, now we will be doing our favorite adventure and narrative games of 2023, but uh, it's been a great year for the podcast. If you allow us just this navel-gazing just for this episode, and we will run through uh, some of the highlights for the podcast this year. Uh, and for the team as well. So this was our fifth year of the Adventure Games podcast. It was five years, 200 episodes. We reached 200 episodes this year, which uh, when I first started this podcast, I didn't know if it would go past one episode or five episodes. I had no real long-term plan uh, in at that time when I first started five years ago. But the very fact that it's gone on for so long is thanks to the team which i will talk about in just a bit and to the listeners who i'll also mention in just a bit as well but uh it's been a great year and let's just start off now i will play some some clips of some of the highlights of the podcast previous year and the first biggest news for the podcast was that we were nominated for the people's choice awards here was my reaction to that nomination as just pretty much as soon as I heard it. A couple of weeks ago, I was told that uh, I received an email and it said that the Adventure Games podcast has been nominated for Best Podcast for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Over 8 million people worldwide voted for their favourite podcasts of the year in different categories. And out of those 8 million plus people... Uh, the Adventure Games podcast made the final slate to be in the top 10 podcasts for games and hobbies of the year. So I, I was less speechless and I still, well, not necessarily speechless now, but uh, it, it's, it's an incredible honor. And I'm obviously very proud, very surprised as well, but I'm proud of the work that we have been doing in the past year and that's five years um so thank you of course to laura who's hosted a couple of times uh to thomas kieran matt and jared as well and anyone else who's contributed and thank you to you if you have voted for the podcast uh thank you so so much and just in case people are curious here are all the nominees under games and hobbies which were read out during the ceremony in the games and hobbies category the nominees are Two Nerds in a Pod, a video game podcast. Dork Matters. Dum Dums and Dragons. It's super effective. Stitch Please. Swords and Starships. Tales to Inspire. The Adventure Game Podcast. The Apocalypse Players. And The Gaming Outsider. Now, we didn't go on to win the award, but the very fact that we were nominated, uh, it was... For me, at least, a huge, huge honor and a huge surprise. I really didn't expect it. So 
thank you so much again to everyone who voted, to everyone who listened. And glad to hear that people are enjoying this podcast. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens next year. We don't do this podcast to certainly uh, to, <laughs> to win awards or to make money. Uh, but it is great that people are enjoying it. So, uh, so yeah, we will see again what happens next year. Um, now, during the year, we had some more fantastic guests on this podcast. And probably the biggest name was at the very beginning of the year in January 2023. And it's safe to say, I think, that without this person, the adventure game genre would certainly not be what it is. And it might not exist. It would certainly be very different. Uh, this person is probably the most important name when it comes to adventure games. And that person is none other than Roberta Williams. Uh, she and Ken and her, their new team, Cygnus, they released uh, Colossal Cave, uh, a remake of the original text adventure. And she was kind enough to spend 90 minutes talking to me about that game and about adventure games, about her career. Now, I'm not going to play the full 90 minutes now, but here's a short clip of my interview with none other than Roberta Williams. I found myself, as they were working on it, I found myself being pulled into it because I would I would come in every day and I'd go, oh, how's it going? And <laughs> look over his shoulder and and I said, well, I don't know if if you should do it like that. Maybe you should change this or that or, you know, you know, and and after a while, I got pulled into it more and more. And basically, um, I just got pulled into it. And once I did, it was uh, it, and I and I I hate to say it. Uh, in this way, but it, this is really the way it happened is once I did get pulled into it, um, I was, I jumped in with both feet, <laughs> arms, torso, head, everything else. And I just said, this is going to, you, if you really want me, and they said, yes, they did. It's uh, then, then um, things are going to change. And they did change. And I, I, I kind of, changed a lot <laughs> and and we you know we started hiring a team you know we were really if we're gonna do it let's mm. do it right as well as speaking to roberta williams on the podcast i also spoke to another developer who it is safe to say the genre would not be what it is without him i spoke of course to tony warriner the co-founder of Revolution Software and one of the lead developers of Beneath Steel Sky and the Broken Sword series. And we spoke live at Reboot Develop Blue at this conference in Croatia in Dubrovnik back in April. And now we spoke about the fall and rise of the adventure game genre. Now, I was hoping that they would record there on their end, but... Uh, there were so many uh, talks there and so many uh, different rooms that they didn't record it. So we had to scramble to see if we could record ourselves. Uh, we weren't prepared. So the, the sound quality isn't as good as what I would like it to be. Again, it was in a live environment in a room. Um, uh, so, But we did record it. And the full interview is on the podcast. But here is a clip of... The, uh, of my conversation with Tony Warner at Reboot Develop Blue back in April. I suppose the thing is, um, 
you know, but about competitors and you know, the LucasArts and Sierras, but at this point they'd already, they'd already been blown apart, you know, they were gone in, in effect. And Revolution was very tenacious, we, you know, we, we never wanted to give up, so we, 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 we kind of buckled and, and supposedly did what the publishers wanted us to do. And Sony kind of said, oh, you know, we love Revolution, do, do a great story, do great characters, but do something different. And, and we, by the way, we really like Metal Gear Solid. Um, so, <laughs> so we, we the, the, they said write a stealth game. So I mean, the most stealthy thing was us trying to squeeze an adventure game into, into this Metal Gear Solid type thing. Um, so it's kind of a bit schizophrenic, the whole game. It's, it's action and stealth on one hand, and, uh, and, and a typical revolution adventure sort of shoehorned into the bottom of it. It's kind of two games. Two games in November, I also got to speak to a panel at this year's past year's Adventure X in London. So once again, I spoke to Tony Warner. Uh, joining us was Dave Gilbert, Tom Hardwich, and Charlotte Sutherland, and we spoke about how to survive as a solo developer. So here is just again another small clip of that panel. Um, for me, just how it's generally worked is that once I reach a point where the game is fully playable from start to finish, um, it's like I then I can think, okay, I, I could probably get it out by X day. I will never announce a release day, not even a release year until I, I am almost positive I can I can hit it. Uh, on a, I think Old Skies still has a release date of when it's done, um, but usually when I but when I do have that fully playable alpha, and I say okay maybe I can get it out by October, um, and then I'll as I, I start working on it and looking at bugs and you gotta it actually really helps um, concentrate your focus because sometimes you think oh like wow there's this. This, this, this like inventory system maybe doesn't work so efficiently, but then you gotta think, wait, like, I wanna finish this by October, is it worth potentially breaking the entire game to fix this? No, and you leave it, and it's incredibly freeing, because you're like, you know, people, you know, maybe the testers will report it, you're like, yeah, I know, I'm not fixing it. <laughs> and it's, it, it, it's, you sound like a jerk, like saying no to one of the testers, but it's like, you know, I gotta get this done, and fixing this is a lot more complicated than it looks, like I'm, I'm leaving it. Maybe I'll do a patch after launch. If, uh, if, but right now I need to focus on getting it done. Now, as well as speaking to uh, people who've been in this in the industry for a number of years, such as Roberta Williams, Tony Warner, and hosting panels uh, at uh, at game conferences, I also had a chance to speak to a number of adventure game developers. Uh, who are leaving their mark with uh, new adventure games released in the last uh, couple of years or so. Uh, one of those developers was Atom Brain Games, who this past year released Dreams in the Witch House. Now, at first glance, this game is a typical pixel hunt, uh, not pixel hunt, uh, pixel art, Lovecraft point-and-click adventure game. But once you play it, you realize that it's something really, really special and different indeed. It is uh, one of the very rare examples of an open-world type adventure game where you have a choice of what to do, which really matters, which really takes the story into different directions. And it has some puzzles as well. Um, it's got some fantastic reviews, including on this podcast. 
And um, yeah, here is a clip of my interview with the developer of Dreams in the Witch House. And I have to say that because I learned to code uh, by making this game. I I haven't I didn't do any games before this, so it was wow. A, yeah, so I, I learned everything, but uh, I have to say it's made with the Adventure Game Studio. Okay. Uh, when I was like looking at the different engines, uh, what I would uh, use. So I, well, well, it's free and kind of co- uh, community based. So that was nice, and and I was kind of uh, kind of just toying with it because I was basically doing a hobby game at that point. I was just doing something for myself uh, and testing it out. Uh, and I found that the engine kind of you can do pretty, pretty like crazy things with it, and and uh, so so. Um, but but I have like I don't know redone the game maybe five times. My my code was really really bad at at first, and uh, so so it's been a kind of also pleasure to. When I got better at coding, I could, you know, streamline things. Now, as well as Atom Brain Games, I also had the chance to speak to the lovely guys from Wormwood Studios, the developers of Primordia and Strangeland, uh, two adventure games which have had a huge effect on people, positively, of course, of the last few years, two of the most popular adventure games uh, of the last few years. And uh, it got a bit emotional at times, spoke about mental health, as well but a really really important interview as well it's gone on to be the most uh, popular interview that i did in the past year so here is a clip of my interview with the guys from wormwood studios but i think what really captivates people with primoria uh, overall is the fact that uh, there's all these allusions to things you know that came before and to things that happened prior to the the events in the game i think that's what captivates people more and of course the brown palette <laughs> mm. all, all shades <laughs> of brown <laughs> but i think it's like a lot of environmental storytelling more than people give it credit for than it is uh progressing through through the standard means of of uh, of storytelling i think uh, I think that's what I like, at least about that's what I love about Primordia. The the fact that, you know, a small interaction um, creates a story in your head that you might or might not see in the game. Now, as anybody who listens to this podcast regularly knows, Suzerain is one of my favorite games of the last few years. And with the re-release of Suzerain, where they updated the game with a number of new features and an upcoming DLC called Kingdom of Rizia uh, set to be released in March 2024. What better way to end the year than to interview and speak with the developer Atta of Torpor Games all about Suzerain. So here is a clip of my interview with Atta. Um, so there's a, there's a certain bit of charm to it that we you know like to keep for our future experiences as well where you know the, these games, torpor games. Games will be difficult, and they will have a set of challenges. They're they're realistically difficult, so it's not difficult for the sake of being difficult. It's just circumstantially and narratively also, you know, making sense. 
And I think it just gives like a good palette for us to uh, create really interesting experiences because think about it this way. If you would be playing a superpower or some a nation that is like an infinite amount of resources, maybe that's at the top of the world in, in our fictional universe, like maybe the, you know, Yanza Contana or uh, the Republic of Arcasia, it would be a very, very different game. And you would have a lot of resources to do a lot of the things that you like. Um, I think that takes a bit away from like what Suzerain offered with Swordland, where, you know, which way can I go? And then, you know, exploring how difficult it is in that sense. As well as interviews with some of the major developers in the adventure game genre, this year I also took a deep dive into Roberta Williams' Phantasmagoria game for the Halloween special. In this deep dive, I spoke about the origins, the background, the development and making of that game, as well as my own review and uh, afterwards a spoiler-filled um, review of the game story as well. So Phantasmagoria was one of the most controversial games released at the time in 1995. And here is again a snippet of some of the background of the making of the game Phantasmagoria. 25 uh, professional actors in total were cast and ironically David Lee Holm and Victoria Mansell, uh, Victoria Morsell rather, were the two final actors to be cast uh, in their roles and final uh, the two final actors who uh, auditioned. Now Victoria Morsell was actually hired uh, not by Roberta Williams but by Mark Seibert. Roberta Williams was on ho holiday at the time and Seibert saw her audition and he was delighted with it, so he immediately selected her for the part. Now, Roberta Williams uh, initially wasn't too happy about this, but when she saw her um, and she worked with her, she realized then that she was the correct choice for the part. This year, the Adventure Games podcast also did our first limited series called Winter Odyssey Journeys Through the Cold. What started as me just doing, looking into what games were, what adventure narrative games were set in winter, turned into an epic seven-episode series. <laughs> this turned into a virtual journey around the world to some of the coldest and most remote locations around the world. We go to different locations such as the Arctic, the Antarctic, um, North Canada, U.S., uh, Eastern Europe and other places as well. We've just finished off with our Christmas episode where I spoke about some Christmas adventure and narrative games. So if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, now would be the perfect time. Of course, you can listen to it anytime, but I feel it'd be great to listen to during winter uh, with a cup of tea or hot chocolate as well. And you can get really cozy as well. So I uh, spoke about and reviewed some of um, the adventure and narrative games uh, set in winter and set in different co-locations around the world. Now, again, I'm not going to play all seven episodes now, but here is a clip from uh, one of um, the games that I spoke about called The Fidelio Incident, set in Iceland. So the main character of The Fidelio Incident and myself have a couple of similarities. We're both Irish and we both travel to Iceland. Thankfully, that's where the similarities end. As in this game, uh, the character was involved in a plane crash on his way to Iceland. Thankfully, my journey was more peaceful. I did not have a plane crash. Everything went well. And this main character, Stanley, 
uh, has a violent past that must remain hidden as he seems to be part or was part of the IRA. I have had a peaceful past and I am not and never was part of the IRA, I can assure people uh, listening. Uh, so in this game, at a Fidelio incident, it's a single player first person trailer set off the coast of Iceland. As I mentioned, you play as Stanley, you and your wife are on a plane uh, to Iceland, but it crashes. And after the plane crash, Stanley must search this desolate frozen landscape in search of his wife, Leonor, while covering up any traces of their bloody Irish past. Thankfully, rescue help is on the way, but the past must remain hidden. They can't find out who we are. So there you have it. You must survive. You must find your wife, uh, but also keep your past hidden. Now, so far, I have spoken mainly about things that I have done on the podcast this year, but it's safe to say that this podcast probably wouldn't exist, certainly wouldn't be what it is now without the enormous help of a group of friends of mine and the team uh, behind the podcast. Uh, the the episodes that are the most popular on the podcast uh, continue to be the review episodes where myself and our, uh, the team talk about our latest uh, adventure and narrative games that we've been playing. And this year, the first time that one of the team, one of good friends of mine, Laura Cress, aka Cressup, uh, hosted a few episodes as well. It was also the year they mentioned that we were nominated for an award. So, coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. But they are a fantastic team, and I'm just going to play a couple of clips from each of them uh, as well. So our most popular episode of this past year was our favorite adventure games of 2022, which according to Spotify, (laughs) uh, was listened to 583% more than the other uh, episodes. Not sure if that's good or bad, if that means that... But anyway, it was uh, the most popular episode. um, And uh, so again, here is a short clip of myself... Laura Cress and Thomas Bex uh, talking about our favorite adventure games of 2022. What do you think of the year adventure game-wise? Do you think there are a lot of good adventure games that are released or is the adventure game genre doing its whole dead thing again? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it is and I don't think it ever was. And I think anyone who thought that's probably uh, feeling a bit stupid right now because, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of adventure games that came out in, in 2022 and a lot of really good ones. Mm. And I think what was good as well is they weren't just from the expected sources like Return to Monkey Island, all those kind of ones that we knew about there were lots of surprise hits as Mm. well you know i think which some of them i think will make it into our top five but this was a fantastic year once again may i say for the adventure game genre i I love it i really i really hope that future developers uh keep the steam deck in mind when they uh drop their games because i found it uh very very cool to play uh play adventure games on it but when Uh, do you actually like play it are you just when when you're kind of Having, That's a good having, question. But I'm just interested as someone who kind well, of for can't me, see myself um, using it. I I went to I I stayed with my uh, with my mother for three months in the Netherlands, yeah. so it was ideal for me to bring because that I couldn't sense. obviously can't bring my uh, my PC. Yeah, yeah. And my my mother's PC was not a, it's not a, a gaming PC or anything, so that was perfect. And I don't always like to sit uh, lonely at my desk mm. in my room. I sometimes I just want to sit on the couch and have uh, have some background noise from YouTube and just 
play the game on the on the couch or uh, you know uh, yeah now as much as thomas and laura and i love to record together we've been recording together for about four or five years since the very beginning thomas joined just a couple of weeks after the podcast started and laura a couple of months or a few months after the podcast started and they've been part of the team ever since um but we recorded during covid we kept each other sane we're three of us are very good friends and uh probably driven each other a little bit insane certainly me um i can uh i can admit that happily that sometimes i drive them insane uh what to hear when we record is mainly how we are when we're not recording but what we found last year was that life gets in the way and it was hard to find a time to record all three of us due to real life due to different things so we were delayed with the episodes and um, so we decided to uh, see if uh, other people would like to join to help out and so we put the call out i asked a few people and people responded people came to our rescue and two of those people were Rose Newell, who joined an episode, agreed to record an episode with myself and Thomas at very short notice early in the year. And Amy, aka Summerbee, who people might know online, she was one of the main organizers of the Fantastic Adventure X, which I spoke about earlier on. And she is a game tester extraordinaire. If you've heard of a point-and-click adventure game, chances are she's already tested it and given some invaluable feedback to the developers. So if you are a, a developer of, of adventure games, uh, I would really recommend to uh, try and get in touch with Amy, aka Summerbee, uh, to test your game, as she is truly fantastic. Uh, now, uh, Rose and Amy also reviewed a couple of games as well. So um, Rose uh, spoke about, with myself, spoke about Pentiment, and Amy reviewed Colossal Cave, which I spoke about earlier as well. So here's a short clip of uh, the two of them talking about those games. I I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> I like it also because it has this element, like a lot of games which I particularly like, actually unlike the, the favourites that I listed at the beginning, um, where you can choose different traits, a bit like in an RPG. Um, and it kind of slightly changes certain story options. And I like that. I really do like that in games, especially when it's like, it's like the good sides of RPG and character creation, but without the hack slash danger, boring combat. Um, so, yeah, so I really like that. I think I chose a cultist um, and I, I was quite picky about the languages that I uh, chose to be able to speak because, you know, I'm a linguist myself. So I was like, OK, yeah, I will learn a little bit of Dutch. <laughs> and then I was able to have some conversation about the windows or something somewhere else. So I was like, oh, so I was like, oh and I was like, oh yes, I recognise this. This is a windmill, and um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, <laughs> and, um, it's Jesus, like the it's a very, uh, We'll talk about doll. Let's talk about windmills. <laughs> Stereotyping, huh? No, but this was literally the first. <laughs> apparently, allegedly, this was. I don't know if it's historically accurate, but this was the first. Uh, windmill actually to be honest knowing this game it probably was it probably was <laughs> um it was like the first windmill that had been built in bavaria like a copy anyway um it, that is not a spoiler at all because you literally see it the first time you walk through um walk through <laughs> anyway, <Hey>. and, <laughs> um, anyway so um yeah it was really good uh yeah i like the rpg elements and uh, that's one something to say um the uh, the historical stuff is very accurate from what I know. Um, it seems I, to be, yeah. 
uh, it's there's I mean I find it very interesting because um, there's a lot about different uh, religious um, <laughs> religious uh, disagreements um, uh, awakening there is there's a lot there's Lutheranism I think is yeah and various yeah which is quite yeah um, I mean it's, it's actually the, one of the very first conversations you have in the game it also kind of forces you to okay what do you think about these new ideas or, and you know so there's a lot of stuff. And then there's also the occultism stuff. And yeah, it's really, if you're quite interested in that stuff. Yeah, certainly when I first played it, my first blind playthrough, it was just, you know, seeing all the new sites and never knowing indeed about around the corner, just enjoying the views and the experience and then getting jump scared by those dwarves and the pirates. <laughs> it was, uh, it, it, I was playing it on stream. It was just <laughs> quite, a, quite a fun experience. And also, you know, interacting with people, in chat and it, it, it was kind of like a re- real fun experience um that way it felt both mysterious and exciting and on the other hand also surpri- surprisingly comfortable and cozy just i don't know there was something another person who joined the podcast at the perfect time was jared parisi who, as well as editing a number of other podcasts, he's also the host of the Indie Game International podcast. And if you like the interviews that uh, that I do on this podcast, and I hope you do if you're listening, but I'm sure you'll like his interviews as well because he has interviewed people such as Dave Gilbert and Sam Barlow and also developers of games in other genres as well. And at the end of last year, I put a call out to anyone who would like to helped to edit the podcast. I didn't expect anyone to answer, but he did. And he edited a few episodes as well, as I said, exactly when I needed help to do so. Uh, Some of the early review episodes of the year were edited by Jared, and he also appeared on the podcast. Uh, he, um, He reviewed a few games as well. And here is a short clip of Jared reviewing Deliver Us Mars. I have zero complaints other than what I mentioned, the wonkiness of jumping from wall to wall at those couple moments. The occasional, uh, you know, falling into the solution of a puzzle rather than actually figuring it out. I really have no complaints about the game, but I will also reiterate that I am predisposed to love anything that is hard science fiction. There's two moments in Deliver Us Mars where you're literally sitting there first person literally flipping switches in a certain order in order to turn the rocket on to take off. And like, as someone who loves space sci-fi, I was like, I'm here for this. But if you didn't love space sci-fi, you might be like, this is so boring, but Mm. it all creates an an amazing atmosphere and a super badass, likable main character. Uh, And just, I really, really enjoyed the game. And I think that it was far and away significantly better than its predecessor which was a game that, in my opinion, didn't need any improvements. So that's kind of the vibe. That's my general takeaway, is, is what I just said there about Deliver Us Mars. Matt Latham hosts the Ask Us About Loom podcast, a podcast where he invites different people to take a deep dive into one adventure game per episode. The adventure game can be a classic adventure game or a newer adventure game. And uh, they, first of all, give their non-spoiler thoughts on the game and then they go into very spoiler filled detail about what they like what they didn't like 
about that particular game. It's a podcast that I really like, and uh, he was very kind to invite me onto his podcast a couple of times. And he was also very kind to join uh, the Adventure Games podcast. And he has appeared a couple of times reviewing a couple of games. And uh, he also did some, uh, well, the interviews at Adventure X, which you can hear on the podcast now. And he uh, also uh, got together with us um, uh, to talk about his experience at Adventure X. And it was his first time at Adventure X this year in 2023. And here is a short clip of Matt giving his thoughts about the experience at Adventure X. Niche seems a bit too weak a word for Avenger Gaming, but um, like when you've got someone who's got where, where like there's like a specialist interest in something, and you get a collective of people in the same thing, and you've got the you kind of like you can you're free to kind of have like run wild on that part of yourself, where like um, you try and bring up like Avenger Games or narrative games or something goes oh Call of Duty no not like Call of Duty yeah exactly goes, oh, okay. <laughs> oh do you play FIFA no I don't play FIFA uh, whereas like you go where you say like oh did you play well is it Excavation of Hose Barrow yes yes I created it oh hello <laughs> <laughs> and last but certainly not least the final person who very kindly agreed to join the team this year was none other than Kieran Childs now Kieran from the very beginning from the time that we started this podcast he has been a great supporter of of me and of the podcast uh, giving some really really good constructive feedback about how we can improve the podcast and it's certainly safe to say that from the very beginning this podcast wouldn't be what it is without Kieran without his invaluable advice and support from the very start so uh, when I, I was asking for when I needed new people to join he was the first person i contacted to ask if he wanted to join and he very kindly agreed uh to do so and he's appeared a number of times uh and he's fit right in much like um, a glove uh he's fit right into the team and we're delighted to have him who has he's reviewed uh several games as well and uh we met up again at adventure x uh though you mightn't have recognized him he appeared as uh as a paradigm character um but a really really fantastic individual and a good friend of mine as well and here is one of the reviews he gave he thankfully um he reviewed firmament from the developers of mist as again very long-term listeners know and neither myself thomas or laura are particular fans of mist but uh, kieran was so he could give a fair review of their new game uh, from Cayenne. Uh, so here's a clip from that review. There are a a couple of really cool moments, as, as there are in everything, where you like you climb up to the top of something, and there's this this whole area that just presents itself in front of you, and you you kind of even as a player with there on the screen, you can just kind of just stand there in awe of of, of the landscape that has that has emerged around you. There's there's not as many of those moments I found as as in previous Cyan games, but still pretty nice. And the the puzzles are the very typical Cyan philosophy and style and approach to puzzle making. Now, I think this is the key point where a lot of people have a real problem with Cyan's games is this experience of you press a lever, you don't know what that lever does, you run around the whole world and you're banging your head against a wall like I don't know what's going on here I 
I don't know what's controlling what. I don't know what this lever is doing. <laughs> There's a button over there. It doesn't seem to have anything to do with the lever. That experience can be incredibly frustrating for people. At the same time, I think a lot of people can really enjoy it because it forces you to immerse yourself in that world. You only you only progress if you fully understand the landscape that is around you and how it all interacts with each other. Now, those puzzles have been dumbed down quite considerably for Firmament. I found it significantly easier than previous games. And the reason that I think this is, is because it has been designed partly with VR in mind. And normally, if you play if you play Mist, you play, you play Riven, you play Abduction, in order to solve the puzzles, you have to make notes. You have to write down, this is over here. I've set it to three what has it done to the rest of the world? And then you write down something else. Oh, okay, it's, it's raised that slightly. What can that do? And finally, as well as interviews with some of the major adventure game developers, reviewing the latest adventure games, speaking at, doing interviews at conferences and speaking at conferences and uh, doing mini-series as well, we also do terrible, terrible accents. So please enjoy. Ah, I've got this Scottish accent now through the trailer. So, Laura... Oh, that was great. (laughs) While I try and get over the Scottish accent from Scotland... Jesus with you. What a great game. I will try and get over the Scottish accent. So tell us, what was it like playing as this wee last Moira? Ah. Yes, that certainly shows how we managed to get nominated for an award and get such great people as Roberta Williams, Tony Warner, and Wormwood Studios on the podcast with great content such as that. Um, but apologies in particular to any Canadians, Scottish, and yes, Irish people like me who just happen to be listening. We apologize for butchering your accents. Um, but uh, no uh, promises. We'll see which accents we butcher in the near future, in the year ahead. Uh, so hope you enjoyed it. That was a look at the year that was, some of the highlights from the podcast. Uh, I've had a great, great time uh, recording and um, t- doing interviews and reviews as well. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Thank you again for nominating the podcast for any awards. But thank you in particular to everyone for your support. There's still plenty more to come ahead. Uh, we will be back as many of the team as possible to review our favorite adventure and narrative games of 2023. And looking ahead, we will see again more interviews, more reviews, and we will see what we will be doing as well. Um, so I uh, hope everyone again as well has had a great year it's having a good christmas and i hope everyone has a great year ahead as well so uh once again take care everyone have a merry christmas happy new year and we'll talk very very soon If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for Adventure Game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or a Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to 
retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So until next time, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.